So Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Also He has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So that's Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. The first of this chapter talks about there's a time and a season to every purpose under heaven. But this is the thought that the Lord had given us from this verse. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. So if the Lord will help me for just a few minutes, I'd like to preach to you about beautiful. And, uh, we've got to be careful. And... Uh, just take note of that. He said, uh, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. And uh, I thought on that and thought about how Satan works. And you know what Satan does? He takes the beautiful things that God's made and he turns and twists them around, but he won't show you his contribution. So let's start with that right there. Let's start right with Adam and Eve and in the Garden of Eden. And we read where that Eve saw the fruit and she began to look at it and she said that it was good for food. It was a tree that was desired to make one wise. And began to look at that and to see the beauty that God had made in that. Satan took that and tempted her with it. And, but what she didn't see was Satan's contribution. And we read where Satan had talked to her. And he said, thou shalt not surely die. You know where that came from? Well, that was God's word. He had turned and twisted that around too. He takes the beautiful things that God's made for me and you. And he... he Puts his contribution in. So Eve didn't see Satan's contribution. And she saw that it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. She saw that it was good for food. And she saw it was beautiful to look upon. And so she took and she ate and gave to Adam and he did eat. And then she found out what Satan's contribution was. We read about where that, <clears throat> that Cain slew his brother Abel. I would dare say <coughs> whenever Eve touched that fruit, she never thought about seeing her dead son. She never thought about seeing that dead son laying there lifeless, no life in him. She never thought about saying goodbye to her other son Cain and never seeing him again because he left that country. See, Satan doesn't show you the ugliness of his part. He doesn't show you, and that's what he does. But he's made, the Lord has made everything beautiful. Now let's go on for just a minute and see what, how Satan uses the beautiful things that God has made. We read about a man named David, a man after God's own heart. And at a time when kings went forth to battle, David stayed home, didn't he? And <clears throat> we're having some mic issues, that's all right. And... <clears throat> We got some here and got some here, but I'm okay. So <clears throat> we read about 
where David had a time when kings went forth to battle. David stayed home. He lifted himself up on the roof. He looked off and saw a maiden that was beautiful, didn't he? God had made her and she was beautiful. But what, what Satan didn't show David was the heartache that came that he had contributed to. How, how that it would lead to his downfall. How that he'd be made a mockery out of in all Israel. How the child that they would conceive would die. How that Uriah's life would be required. That's what Satan does with the beautiful things that God has made. <coughs> All right. <clears throat> and let me just tell you something. And <clears throat> did you know you can do wrong trying to do right? Things that looks right, things that looks good, things that looks that you see the beauty in, Satan can use those. <laughs> let me just relay this scripture to you. We don't think in those terms, do we? We don't think in those terms. And young people, he'll show you somebody that he'll tempt you with. And, and if the Lord will help me, I'll get to that here in a few minutes. But we need to be very careful about what we put our trust in, about who we put our trust in, about who we relate to. Uh, this is what the scripture says. I believe it's over in the New Testament that Satan can transform himself into an angel of light. He uses the beautiful things that God has created to tempt us with, but he never shows you the ugly side. And we read about how that Satan will come as a wolf in sheep's clothing. There's nothing more, more beautiful than a sheep, all white and clean. Oh, but what you don't see is the sharpness of the wolf's teeth, do you? Satan will take the beautiful things that God has created and he'll use them to destroy us if we'll let him. Now, he has made everything beautiful in his own time. Let's take a look at some things that God has made that's truly beautiful. And we read about the the we read about Jacob and we read about we read about the, the girl Leah and her sister. I believe her name was Rachel, if I'm not mistaken. And we read about how that Jacob was sent down by Isaac and his mother to, to find a wife because his mother didn't want him to marry somebody that wouldn't of their people. Didn't want him to marry somebody that was within the people of that land that she wanted him to find. Let's just... Just break it down in our terms. She wanted to find him a good old Christian girl that would love the Lord and worship the Lord with him. I'm going to tell you something, young men. There's an, an old man. Let me just do it that way too. How about that? Can we preach to the old men too? Oh, if you've got a wife, if you've got a woman, if you've got a girlfriend that's godly and loves the Lord and will worship the Lord with you, you better treasure her because she's beautiful. Amen. All right. So they sent Jacob down to his mother's brother's people. And there was Rachel with the sheep. And he rolled the stone away from the well and watered the sheep 
And the Bible said he kissed Rachel. And then he abode there with Laban, Rachel's dad, for about a month. And Laban told him, uh, there's no need for you to labor with us and not receive anything. In other words, I'd like to pay you for your labor. I'd like to hire you for your hard work and pay you for what you're doing for us. What can we do? And, and Jacob realized the beauty that was in Rachel. He realized how beautiful that she was. And he said, I'll work for her hand for seven years. I'll labor and just whatever you need me to do as long as I can hold the hand of Rachel. And so he labored for seven years. And you Bible readers know what happened. At the end of that seven years, Jacob went in and whenever he found out, it was wasn't Rachel that the hand was. It was Rachel's sister, her older sister Leah, because it was the tradition at that time that the oldest daughter be married first. And when, when Jacob found that out, he confronted Laban and he said, Well, nonetheless, I'll labor another seven years just to hold the hand of Rachel. What was special about Rachel? Well, did you read? And we know Jacob, don't we? We know that that's where the tribes of Israel came from. That's his 12 sons. That's where it originated from. But did you know we would know nothing about them if it were not for Rachel? Did you know that her child that was conceived of her and Jacob was what saved Israel and saved Jacob, his children, and his people? Because the child named Joseph saved them during a time of famine. I'm telling you, there is something special and beautiful about the bride that Christ uses. That's what Rachel was. She was a symbol of the bride of Christ. And she was beautiful. Isaac, I don't know how long you and Jericho dated. But she's worth it, ain't she? I don't know how long, Roger, you dated Kiva, but she's worth it, ain't she? How about it, Dennis? She's worth it, wouldn't she? Oh. He said, I've labored... I'll labor seven years. And when he found out he didn't have Rachel's hand at the end of that seven, he said, I'll stay. I'll labor seven more years. Oh, she's been battered. She's been run down. She's been talked about. She's been neglected. But I'll stay with a bride of Christ as long as I can go hand in hand with a bride, with a church of the living God. I'll stay seven. I'll stay 14. I'll stay until my dying day because she's beautiful. Amen. Bless him, Lord. Let me tell you what else is beautiful about her. We read about a maiden. Her uncle was Mordecai. You know who Mordecai was, don't you? He was down there in Shushan. And the king needed a queen. So he sent for all the fair maidens to be gathered together. And Mordecai had a niece. Her mom and dad was deceased. And he was raising his niece 
named Esther. And they got Esther and had her come in with the fire maidens and they put them away and they gave them things for purification and at the end of the time whenever the maids were to be presented before the king Esther was beautiful Esther was chosen and favored by the king above all and here we sit today we could be in communist Russia where churches are not allowed to, to gather together. We could be in North Korea where you'd be shot and killed for, just for having a copy of this precious word. But here we sit, well favored by the king. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you what's beautiful about her. You bear with me. You all that know the story know that there was a character named Haman. Haman sought to this, the destruction of the Jews, didn't he? But Esther was chosen to be the queen. The king had a rule that you couldn't, she couldn't just come busting in. And I'm sure Marty's been watching TV. Juanita's come busting in, saying, hey, did you know this or did you know that? Well, that wasn't the relationship with Esther and the king. You couldn't approach the king unless he lowered his scepter and pointed it your direction. If you took the change to approach the king without an invitation, you were taking your life into your own hands. Oh, and Esther worried herself over that. And Mordecai sent word about what Haman was going to do. And he, and he told her this. And this is what made her beautiful now. She was awful pretty, wasn't she? She was somebody that the king favored. But she wasn't beautiful until this point in the story. Uh, Mordecai said, if you would stand there this time, God will be with us and bring deliverance of the Jews. But if you choose not to stand, God will bring deliverance anyway. Oh, if, you, if God's given you something to do and you sit on it and you eat it and you won't do nothing with it, God will send it to somebody else and bring deliverance to his people anyway. Oh, but if you will take the change, if you will take the stand, if you will fight for God's people, he'll use you. You know what Esther did? She went before the king and said, that's my people. And they're being hurt. They're being destroyed. Stand for your people. Stand spiritually. Stand and you let God use you. And see if God won't make something beautiful out of you. I, I once was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. If you will stand, God will stand with you. Amen. <laughs> you want to see something beautiful? See a child of God in the house of God under the power and spirit of God. You've seen them, haven't you? There was some here Wednesday night. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you didn't get to see it. There was some here Wednesday night. 
knees were knocking, tears were flowing, people were rejoicing, folks on the altar, it was beautiful. And you didn't get to see it. Oh, what a sight you missed. There's something beautiful about a child of God that's under the Spirit. Now we take that us let me, the Bible doesn't call him beautiful, but it says he had an excellent spirit. It talks about Daniel, about an excellent spirit. You know, he must have had some kind of charm, preacher. He must have had some kind of charisma. He was beautiful because he followed the Spirit. All right. He has made everything beautiful. Ain't nobody cares about me, preacher. Well, that's where you're wrong. You're beautiful. You're made in his image and in his likeness. What did Isaiah say about it? He said we had a beautiful garment. Did you know that? Isaiah said we had a beautiful garment. What kind of garment we got? And why is my garment beautiful? Your garment is beautiful because it's no longer rags. Your garment is beautiful because it's no longer stained and filthy from sin. It's no longer blackened. It's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's white. And it's what we get to wear when we stroll down the streets of glory. So yes, your garment is beautiful. Hollywood will spend thousands of dollars for one night to look good, to have pictures made that are that show them in a good light. And they can't even compare with the beautiful garment Amen. the children of God wear. Amen. What's Ezekiel say about it? Ezekiel says. We'll wear a beautiful crown. Well, preacher, I want my crown to have rubies and diamonds. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It won't have rubies and diamonds in it. Read what Apostle Paul said. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. If it's course, if it's forth, there's a crown of what? Of righteousness. And if that's what it is, Bobby, mine will be very small. Because I've let the Lord down repeatedly over and over and over. It won't even be a TRG if it's my righteousness. But what a beautiful sign. Yes. Whenever we have that crown of righteousness. And I don't know about you, but I don't deserve it. I want to just lay it down at the feet of Jesus and say, Thank you, Lord, for saving a wretch like me. That's what Ezekiel had to say about it. Hey. Beautiful. He has made everything beautiful. Let's go on. Chester taught from it not long ago. Acts chapter 3. John, Peter and John were going down together at the what? The beautiful gate of the temple. All right, Marvin, you can shoot me now. 
I know superstars have their thing. Marvin's aggravating me about Kanye. Kanye wasn't at the beautiful gate. He may have met Jesus. But I'm going to preach you it takes the church to have salvation. That's why it's beautiful. That's what's offered at it. That's all you can find there. That's why that it stood the test of time. Jesus said, how about this beautiful gate right now? He said, on this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's where you can escape those gates and get to the beautiful gate because what's offered there, all that man that sat there asking for alms wanted was help for that day. But what he got instead was truly beautiful. What he got instead was help throughout all eternity. We might get some complaints on that. Oh. The beautiful gate. Swing wide the gates. You remember that song? I'm coming home. Swing wide the gates. I'm one of his own. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Amazing grace has won the race. Swing wide the gates. The beautiful gate. Here you came, John, down the aisle, and the gate swung open, and you stepped right in. Oh, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Oh, there you was, Becky Lewis. Came down the aisle, the gate swung open, and you stepped right in. There you was, Bobby Reed. Came down the aisle, stepped right up, the gate swung open, and you came right in. I'm telling you, when somebody gets saved, it's truly beautiful. It's something you don't forget. I was raised in church, and I can take you back 40-plus years to services I distinctly remember. I, I wouldn't even know when it got saved. But I saw friends, relatives, people I thought highly of kneel and ask Jesus to save their soul. When you see something that beautiful, you don't forget it. Oh, he hath made everything beautiful. Let's go on. I'm going to close here in about 10 minutes. preached to you before about men like Jack Strange. Great big man. Wore overalls all the time. Big work shoes. In my mind as a boy his foot like it looked like it was that long. I preached to you before about men like Merle Ison, Bill Kreider, Doug Self. Used to be right here as your pastor. From what I understand he worked out there where you did Chester. Hard work. Worked for a living. He probably had work shoes that he wore. Inside those work shoes were, were work socks and maybe even had a hole in the sock. Spit all day on his feet. Men that were hard working. Maybe their feet had bunions on them and blisters or whatever, you name it. And you would not take a picture of that man's naked foot. But when they got up and they began to preach about the hope that's in Jesus, their feet... We're beautiful. Amen. 
It not only takes a church, it takes a preacher. And he's got to preach the gospel. The gospel is. That's a definition. You can't get around it. You can't suppress it. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. How beautiful are the feet of them. You know why it's beautiful? Because when you were hell bound, when you were up to here in sin, you heard a voice that said, there's hope. You heard a voice. You felt a hand that reached down to you when nobody else could. Oh, a little preacher said, are you going to live? Are you going to die? You know why he said that? Because he loved you and he wants you to know that there was hope in Jesus. That's why their feet are beautiful. Amen. (laughs) How beautiful are the feet. Now listen, let me get this in, throw it in for good measure. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach what? The gospel of the peace. I can preach you what I think. That's not gospel. I can preach you how I think you ought to dress, you ought to look, you ought to live, what you ought to do, what you ought not to do. That's not gospel. Chester? That's not, here it is. That's not what Mike Potter charged me to preach. He charged me to preach the Word. Right here it is. If it's not in here, I'm not allowed to preach it. If it's not within the leads of the King James Version Bible, I don't care how much tradition it is, I'm not allowed to preach it. If it's not in the leads of the King James Version Bible, I don't care who all believes it, I'm not allowed to preach it. We spend our lives worried and confused. Let me get this. The Bible says this, and if the Lord will help me, I might get to preach a message on this one day. God is not the author of confusion. Now, what's the rest of that verse say? But of peace as is in our churches. Oh, I don't know what God wants me to do in life. Well, let me tell you. This is just a little sidetrack, a little rabbit hunting, if you will. Let me tell you what God wants you to do in your life. He wants you to love one another. Let me tell you what God wants you to do in your life. He wants you to enjoy life. Let me tell you what God wants you to do in your life. He wants you to lift up His name and praise Him. And if that's not enough for you to have peace and happiness, I don't know what is. All right. Beautiful. We got five minutes, I believe. So you lay with me. He is despised and rejected of men. 
Isaiah chapter 53. Verse 1 says he came out as a root, comes a root out of dry ground. Verse 2 says, There is no beauty that we should desire him. To the world, he's not beautiful. What would be beautiful? about laying aside our way and going God's way. What would be beautiful about laying down our pride and admitting that we were just dust and sinners and falling prostrate at his feet and begging for forgiveness because we were sinners. What would be beautiful about saying it's not my will, but that be done? Let me tell you what makes it beautiful. Let me tell you why. There might not be any beauty about him to the world, but to his children, to his brothers and sisters in Christ, he's truly beautiful because when I was lost and undone a hand reached down for me you might not have thought much of it but I thought them nail scars in his hand look awful beautiful to me you might not have thought much of it but I meant a redeemer I meant a savior I meant the prince of peace and any man that can do for me what the man Jesus has done is beautiful in my eyes. When with us, Savior, we enter the glory land. Won't it be wonderful there? I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the good things the beauty that the Lord has in store. You can you see it when we go marching down the streets of glory and the saints rise up and we hold hands with Jay and Bonnie Lewis. We hold hands with Sharon Strange. We hold hands with them that's laid right out there that went down believing that Jesus was their Savior when we rise to meet Him in the air. When we sing a song, the angels can't sing. You talking about something truly beautiful and you're not, if you're not saved, you'll miss it all. Amen, brother. There's certainly nothing beautiful in hell. If you're not saved, you'll miss the prettiest thing you've ever seen. He hath made everything beautiful. Okay. You could even argue that there's a beauty to hell. Because that's where all sin's going. You couldn't even argue that there's a beauty to hell. It's a heartache that men and women choose to go there, and you do choose it. You don't accidentally go. You choose to ignore the beauty of Christ. And you go there of your own free will, and you'll spend eternity there burning forever because that's what you chose. It's just like chocolate or vanilla ice cream. If I choose vanilla and then regret because I didn't get chocolate, that's my fault. Because that's what I chose. Heaven or hell, what are you choosing? Because you're going to make a choice one way or the other. All right.
You could argue the fact that there'll be no pain, no death, no hospitals, none of that. You know why? Because all that sin that caused all that's in hell. I believe this is in the song book. Won't we have a good time up in heaven singing and shouting. I can't remember all the rest around God's throne. Folks, Psalm says weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning. Remember the prodigal? Why, he had got just about as nasty as you could get. Down in the hog pen, nasty, muddy, stinky, sloppy. And when the father seen him, he ran to meet him, didn't he? He was nasty. But old dad laid his arms around him anyway, didn't he? <laughs> Oh, Dad said, bring me the best I've got. This is my son. We may have faltered and failed, sinned and come short, but the Father is looking for me and you, and he's got the best waiting on us when we get home. Can you imagine? I've got people I love. You do too. And they're not going to get to see that beautiful sight because they chose hell. He's made everything beautiful. Life is not as bad, folks, as we let on like it is. Two fifty-five. I know there is a land of beautiful flowers. Where we will meet again when life is o'er. Where we will while away the endless hours on heaven's bright eternal shores. And then the ladies sang the prettiest flower. How about that? Oh. It'll be spring here in about six, eight weeks. Easter lilies will pop up that bright yellow. The tulips will start to bloom. That's all beautiful, ain't it? You've not seen them. John talks about the flower beds at his house. John, you've never made one as beautiful as the ones on that shore. Look up. If today is dark, it looks better in the morning. We're going to a beautiful country. And even though the world don't think so, we're going to see a beautiful Savior. <laughs> to be with a beautiful people, robed in a beautiful garment, wearing beautiful crowns. The preacher preached me about that mansion. I can't get past the Savior to get to that. When you can, you let me know. I've got to spend all my time at his feet. I won't have to worry about it. I won't have any time anyway, will I? I'll just get to stay right there while the ages roll. Oh.
He hath made everything. Don't you let Satan whoop you. Don't you let Satan beat you down and tell you you're useless, that you're serving no purpose, that you're worthless. You are a child of the king. You're robed in the best garment he has. Amen. Washed. He personally. How about this? Chuck was asking me about the dry cleaners that I use. He needed a few dry cleaners, and I send my suits out to be cleaned every once in a while. But the Savior didn't do that. He took my garment and personally washed it yeah. in his blood. Kathy, he didn't send it out for somebody else to do. He did it himself because he loved me. He did yours himself personally just because he loved you and you're his child. Amen. I'm telling you today, he's truly, truly beautiful. Oh. I could go on. He hath made everything beautiful. That includes you. You're his. That includes you. Don't let Satan tell you any different. We look at the drug addict, strung out, meth heads, and you've seen them and I have too. Scabbed over, teeth rotten and missing. They'd do anything they could to you for one more fix. Even God said they're beautiful. The drunkard, drunk out of his mind, home wrecked and destroyed, living on the streets. I've seen them, Chester, they'd take a piece of cardboard and lay down over the grates where the radiator heat come up out of the sidewalk just so they could stay warm during the night. And you might say, of what use? Is somebody like that? Well, God said they're beautiful. God said they're beautiful. Because he died. He said he said to die for them just like he did me. Oh. Summer will be coming up. You may be planning a vacation. And it's good if Marty and Juanita can just go. And I pick on them all the time, so don't you take that wrong. It's good if Marty and Juanita can just go. I was talking to Megan the other day about maybe one day she said she'd like to go to Israel. It'd be a good trip to go on, wouldn't it? I'd like to go. Marty and Juanita might one day decide they want to go to Israel. They could go and they could come back and they could tell me all about it, but it wouldn't be like me getting to be there, would it? I'm going to heaven. I don't want to just tell you about it. I want to take you with me.